Hello and welcome into another episode on the Labumba Pastors blog. I'm Masumba Jonathan. Today's lesson is a rebroadcast from our series from the Gospel of John. It's taken from John chapter 1. The title of the lesson is Jesus, Creator and Sustainer of All Things. And we're going to read John chapter 1 verse 3 to begin, which says, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. One of the heresies that arose in the days of the early church was the idea that Jesus was somehow less God than the Father and that he had been created and was not eternally existent like the Father. One of John's opening statements is to say that actually Jesus is the creator of all things. He is not a created being. Genesis 1 is the first place we find mention of the multiple persons within the Godhead or God being. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 we read, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The first reference in Scripture to the Holy Spirit is the second verse of the Bible. Then we have this statement made later in the chapter, in verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Let us denotes this was an activity that more than one individual was part of. The New Testament then tells us why God made the world in the first place. In Colossians 1, verse 16 and 17, we read, For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. The world was created by the Son, for the Son, and is sustained by the Son's power. We know from what Jesus said about the works he does that all this comes from his Father's will, as Jesus does not work for his own purpose, but his Father's purpose. In John chapter 5, verse 19, we read, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, The Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. In Hebrews 1, we are told what is sustaining the world. In Hebrews chapter 1, from verse 1 to verse 3, we read, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. What upholds the universe? The word of Christ. The world continues because Jesus has commanded it to be so. Scientists have discovered much about how the universe functions, but they cannot explain how it got there and why it works how it does. 
Outer space, after all, is just an open nothingness. Why don't all the stars and planets go crashing off into oblivion? Because the word of Christ has commanded them to be where they are and function as they do. Someone might ask, why then does the Bible call Jesus the firstborn of creation if he was not part of God's creation? In Colossians 1 verse 15, it says he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. We must make a separation between the deity of Jesus the man and the manhood of God the Son. What do I mean by that? Well, Jesus the man was always God from his birth, but God the Son was not always in the form of man, was he? God predicted the incarnation of Christ. That word incarnation refers to God becoming a man. In the Old Testament, in Psalm chapter 2, verse 7, it says, I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. This was fulfilled in Christ's birth. But how was God the Son referred to before he was born of woman? He was manifest in many ways in the Old Testament. Here are a few examples. In Joshua 5 from verse 13 to verse 15 we read, When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Only God's son would allow Joshua to worship him. This was no ordinary angel. This was Jesus, the son of God. In 1 Corinthians 10, from verse 1 to 4, we read, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Jesus was the source of the water that flowed out of the rock in the wilderness that quenched the thirst of the Israelites. In Zechariah, we see the Son of God advocating to the Father on behalf of Israel. In Zechariah chapter 1, verse 12 to 13, we read, Then the angel of the Lord said, O Lord of hosts, how long will you have no mercy on Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, against which you have been angry these seventy years? And the Lord answered gracious and comforting words to the angel who talked with me. The angel of the Lord is the title often used of the Son of God in the Old Testament. Other angels are referred to as an angel, and they never allow people to worship them. The conception of Christ in Mary's womb signified the beginning of God becoming man so that he might save man. The title firstborn usually denotes the first child born into a family. To say this refers to Jesus in the order of his birth makes no sense, obviously. Adam was the first man, and billions came after him before Christ was born. So, obviously, we need to see this use of firstborn in a different light. 
The firstborn has the right to inheritance and is first in authority. If we continue in Colossians, we see this use in God's meaning. In Colossians 1.18 it says, And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Preeminence means Jesus surpasses all others, and we see that he is the firstborn of the resurrection. He was the first to be raised from the dead in a glorified body. In Revelation chapter 1 from verse 4 to 6, we read, John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Jesus is our creator and sustainer. We are made by him and for him. He is the Son of God, and there is no other name in heaven by which a person can be saved. God bless you all.